This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 25. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm William Dempsey. Today, we're joined by John Locke. John made a midlife career switch in 2012 and became a WordPress developer, full-time, live, without a net. Today, John is helping businesses get their SEO on track through his own web consultancy, Lockdown Design. John, hi. Welcome. Hi. Doing Liam, how you doing, Tara? Hey, John, welcome. So glad to have you on the show. I've heard you on some other podcasts and love listening to you and hearing what you have to say. Super smart stuff about WordPress, all things WordPress, and content and SEO. So we're looking forward to chatting with you today. Oh, uh, can can you tell us a little bit more about yourself for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So, um, like I said. I'm just a regular guy uh, here in Sacramento, uh, California. Um, I started doing web development. Well, I started learning web development when I was 38. Um, I was just uh, where I was at. I just needed to make a switch. So uh, I put a couple of years in, into that, learning web design, learning uh, web development. Shortly after that, uh, learning WordPress and uh, started building sites for uh, friends and family. And then I started building client sites and, and I, uh, did, I've been working for myself pretty much ever since. So it's around 2012. This year, um, I kind of made an evolutionary shift um, because for the past five years, I've pretty much been building WordPress sites for clients uh, or subcontracting out to uh, large agencies. And that's been pretty steady. But I, I've been wanting to, you know, I've been thinking about it, carefully considering it, uh, pivoting to being more of an SEO company because I can still build the sites on top of that, but it involved changing a lot of the positioning. And so that's something that I just pulled the trigger on uh, recently. Um, I relaunched my site uh, just like a couple days ago. And it, its focus is you know, more square and center on SEO. And definitely I will still be talking about WordPress stuff. I'm still knee deep in the WordPress community. Um, but just from a client perspective and, and the, the type of challenges that, that I want to do, that's, that's something that, that I've shifted my focus. And it, it's, it's a fresh challenge. Hmm. Is that something that you enjoy? Are you, um, do you find yourself more and more uh, loving the world of SEO? I've been learning a little bit of it myself and I can't say that I'm finding it very easy. Yeah. And, and definitely it's something that I've always kind of done. I mean, I've done SEO for my own site um, and I've, you know, done it for, for a little bit for like client sites and, and like very early on, I a couple uh, just hobby sites that, I got to, you know, rank and get a lot of traffic just kind of uh, for fun. So, I mean, it is something that I've always kind of had a knack for, and it's something that I have always kind of studied. But uh, just embracing the responsibility of, of what that means to 
you know, try and, and do different aspects of SEO, you know, like, you know, managing content strategy and link building is super important. And, you know, just all the, and, you know, on top of the design and development that, that you need to, to do that. that. That was the thing that I was hesitant to do because I had, you know, here in Sacramento, I had really uh, been ranking really well for WordPress and uh, for a while. I think it was like number, you know, one or two for like the last two years. And uh, so shifting away from that was, it was kind of a risk, but, you know, it's something that I think is paying off because um, for one, say, for example, if you, if you build a client, a site, you kind of, you get paid, you build the site and that's kind of it. And you kind of go off and have to go find somebody else to like the site for. But with SEO campaigns, it's more drawn out where you're doing retainer work for them each month for a number of months to, to get them to their goal. Uh, and a lot of these businesses, because I deal a lot with like blue collar businesses like manufacturing, stuff like that. And for one, they don't, re- they usually have not done a lot of SEO unless they're like a really large company. Um, and so there's a lot of improvement to be done. Uh, so it, it involves kind of doing a study of like their competitors and, and looking at them and, and saying like, here's everything I need to do. So for that, uh, it makes more of a foundation because I'm doing that work over the scope of, of months instead of just, you know, one month or, you know, six weeks or something like that. So, Yeah. Do you find that to be a relatively easy sales process for a client like that? How are they willing to spend money for that? Is it, uh, how, how do you go about that sales process with them? So, and that's, and, and again, that was something that definitely went into the decision to change this positioning because a lot of people that have been talking to in web development and the WordPress space who have been who have been successful as generalists, like either as an agency or a, a consultant? I don't know what it is, but like this year, it's just like I've seen more people that I know that have been struggling to get business. But for SEO, I think people are more willing to pay for it, and especially like you know businesses where there's potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. You know, if if they see their competitors ranking above them and they're you know they have like these products that they're selling you know usually you know thousands of dollars if you're talking like manufacturing so for them the potential upside is a lot so uh, you know like one person said to me you know if i sell two more things per month it's a no-brainer you know, to, to do this. So I think that people are willing to spend money on SEO. if They see the ROI. Now the hard part of selling it is there's a lot of shady SEO companies or they use a lot of double talk. They use a lot of like complex language. And, um, even one person, they sent me a sheet where it's like, this is what the competitors sent. And I said, like half this stuff on here is stuff that would be done like the first day or you, or you, already have it you know it's just the foundational stuff it's not really anything that's going to make you rank you know it's just foundational stuff so john uh, let me, let me yeah. ask a question if i can yeah um you're talking you mentioned that 
you're working with clients who may have no professional experience with the SEO, never having done it on behalf of their business or hired a consultant. What's your experience in managing the expectations, you know, in the sense that one blog post will not guarantee two more machines per month? And uh, the, the initial setup work that you're talking about will maybe get a company out of the box, but not that much farther, again, depending on the industry and what that setup work is. How do you go about walking your clients through that understanding to the point where they know that paying you for one week of work or maybe even a full month of work isn't really going to deliver the kind of dividends they're likely to want uh, after what, just one month? So how do, you, how do you shape their expectations when they're totally new to the game? No, that's an excellent question. Um, so the first thing I tell them is, you know, they say, well, what can we expect? And one of the first things that I'll do is I'll show them, I'll, you know, give them uh, a listing. I'll say like, here's you for all the terms at, you know, the search terms and here's your competitors. Here's where they're ranking. Here's where you're ranking. And I'll tell them like straight up, um, you know, getting to number one, if anybody guarantees you that it's, you know, it's impossible to gauge because even the Google employees don't know everything that goes into the algorithm at this point because they're introducing like AI and machine learning. And, you know, what I tell them is usually like with their competitors, I'll usually find one or two that are doing some black hat stuff. And I'll say like, these guys are ranking well, but what they're doing, like if Google catches them, you know, they're not going to rank as well. And I just tell them, here's what I'm going to do. You know, we're going to do link building. We're going to do content. We're going to look at the technical SEO and I'll lay that out of them. That's actually a first step I do is SEO audit. And I'll say like, here's everything that you need to do. And here's why, and here's what we're going to do. And I think it demystifies it. So I think their expectations are set that it's, we're getting closer to the goal. It's not, and I tell them, you can't just sprinkle like magic SEO dust on your <laughs> and, and rank. It doesn't work like that. Uh, because I think some, I think, you know, some small businesses, I think they have that expectation, like, you know, that it just that works that way. But even like a, a lot of the changes that you make, Google might not um, pick them up like immediately. Right, right. We've right, even right. seen a lot more of that lately too. Yeah, it doesn't like have an instantaneous effect. I like the phrase that you use is we're getting closer to the target. And I think that's a, a really good perspective. SEO is a constantly moving target. And the fact that we, we get to number one or page one today doesn't mean we're going to be here in a month's time. Yeah, it's, it's not a concrete thing. I've been told I've been, um, I was just doing Rebecca Gill's masterminds that she had for yeah. uh, SEO consultants. And I'm a very, I like, you know, this is how you do it. This is the right way and do it. And, you know, I was looking at, for example, website design services and, you know, in um, some keyword tools and website design and web design are basically the same thing. But in another industry, another thing, there may be two different words that you're trying to rank for. So there's no, it's, it's not like there's a hard and fast rule. So it's, that makes it very hard to to wrap your head around as a consultant, as a person who does that. But also, I mean, if it's hard for us or for our clients, your clients, it must be even harder to explain that. 
I'm glad that you brought that up, Tara, and that's like a really important thing. And one of the things that I do like right at the start is keyword research because, for example, uh, uh, a client that I've been working with recently, they were ranking really well for this particular, like there's one particular term, it's like a four-word phrase. But if you actually, you know, look at how many people are searching for that exact phrase, it's like none. But if you you know, reverse like the words or take one word out and just make it a three word phrase. It's like, now do we have people searching for that? So one of the things it's like, yeah, you're ranking well for that, but no one's searching for it. So we need to change like, you know, how we're uh, putting that in there and that got them some more traffic. So. Yeah. You could, really drive yourself crazy with that. I think <laughs> if you're not a patient yeah. person, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Sometimes that one word switch can make a huge difference. That's that appeals to a certain type of personality. I, I think so. Um, not mine, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. it sounds like it's yours. So, and I know it's Rebecca, so that's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a skill, but it's also a passion. I think, um, Let's switch gears now a little bit and, and um, as much as I could probably spend this whole entire time talking about SEO since I've been trying to uh, learn learn it better myself. Um, but let's talk a little bit about your journey and your view of success, how you define success, you're changing gears, you've really thought about what you want to do and and how maybe how you're defining success based on your business and shifting gears a little bit. So um, tell us a little bit about that, what, how you define success and where you find yourself in that path, journey. Um, sometimes people say it's not a journey, but in the road pursuing success, maybe, <laughs> where you find yourself. Well, and that's excellent too. I mean, um, you know, I think a lot of people define success um, as as revenue. And this year, I'm going to make more money than I ever made in my life. Uh, like even, you know, more than when I was working two jobs, you know, in my previous uh, path. And, and that's cool and all. Um, but like my wife says, it's like, even if you got to like X amount of revenue per year, you'd probably still want more. I'm like, yeah. But the true success of it is... Where I'm at now is I get to choose who I get to work with. Uh, if I don't like somebody, I don't, you know, or whatever, I don't have to work with them. Um, I get to arrange my day the way that I want to. Uh, like I can go spend time uh, with my granddaughter and or, or stuff like that, you know, and I have the ability to do that. You know, I can... It, and I'm happy, you know, in my path. I mean, I think the money is just kind of a product of the value that you're already putting out into the universe. Uh, and if you're, you know, truly looking out for other people, I think the money's going to come. It, you know, you have to be good at what you do. You can't um, not work hard at, at what you're doing. But I, I think I'm already successful as far as that because I'm actually, you know, crafting my reality uh, from where I wanted it to be like seven, eight years ago. It's, it's, I've achieved that. And I'm like, man, I should have like aimed higher like seven, eight years ago. So that gives me something to, to shoot for in the next phase. <laughs> I love that, that you're, you're higher than you expected to be and that you should have aimed higher. That's awesome. Yeah. 
John, with, with, with that definition of success, then, what's the single most important thing you're doing every day to achieve or maintain that, that success as you've defined it? Uh, well, every day I'm carving out time to uh, work on my own business. So that in, includes, you know, um, business development, whether that's going to a local chamber of commerce meeting or touching base with a prospect or a client or um, like what I was doing the other day, like sending out uh, mailers and printing out like SEO reports of, of people who are already spending money on AdWords and uh, mailing them and just kind of a, a cursory SEO report in the mail. Just anything to generate new business and work on my own business and put that first because I think it's really, really easy to get caught up client work. You could work 24-7 on client work if, if you wanted to, but I think it is important to, p- to put your own business development first and that's something I'm doing every day. Yeah, that's great. Um, when you're talking about carving out time, what, is, what does that mean? Do you look at your to-do list and say, well, I've got to get these two client things done at some point today, so I'm going to take care of this business development task first? Or is it more of a schedule issue? You know, the first hour and a half of your day is always lockdown design time. After that, it switches to client-focused. What does carving out yeah. mean for you? Yeah, it's exactly like what you're saying. It's it's carving out a certain amount of time each day, and and something that I do as well, um, because I know that not every day you can do like 17 things. So each day I'll I just use the notes. Yeah, I'll just use the notes app on my phone, and I'll put in there. Here's like what what I have to get done. If I can get these things done today, then today's great. But you know, each day there's always something in there for me to do. Um, to make that I'm promoting myself because I, I think, you know, any business should, should work on creating new business always. So. Yeah. What, what are the things that you least like to do every day? Hmm. Probably email. I mean, honestly, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things that I started doing, cause I used to kind of like look at email like all through the day and now I just batch it out. I'll look at it maybe three times a day. That's it. And like it, it goes so much quicker um, because most of that stuff I can, you know, is not really that important. So. Yes. Yes. I, and John, I wonder if your new focus on SEO work where you know, by and large, it's not emergency driven, right? It's a, it's a putting in time and effort every day or every week or every month over time mm-hmm. to get those returns. Versus, say, the project that has to go live by the 28th of this month, and if it's not live, there's going to be real problems for you know the client's business. They've got a sale, they've got a launch, they've got something. I wonder if if your new business focus lends itself to that kind of systematization of communications with your clients. Yeah, I think it's it's actually put a lot less. I mean, it's I should say it's taken a lot of stress off of me. Because I think when you're doing like design and development, it's always kind of a race. It's like to get stuff done, or at least that's the way that I was feeling. Um, And I think with, you know, SEO, it is more of like a long-term thing. So it's doing stuff each day and 
you know, executing on your strategic plan to, to get the site, you know, traffic. So I, I think it's a lot less you know, daily pressure. I, I think with design and development, um, it, it gets really looked into to kind of a deadline mentality um, where you're, you know, it's always, you know, go faster, faster, faster. And, you know, I think it's, it's given me like more enjoyment of being development because, um, uh, it's not as, is super critical. It's, it's more part, just one component of the plan instead of the entire plan. Yeah. Um, I think when you're doing client work, it is, uh, there's a balance between treating them with a level of urgency and being responsive and letting them know that you care about them and um, valuing your own time and realizing that this is not a life or death situation. So I think that uh, finding that balance and treating your clients well, but not jumping at every single thing is important. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the WordPress community if we can switch gears. Yeah. Um, I know that you said that you're still a part of the WordPress community, even though you've, you've switched gears a little bit. Can you tell us sort of how you found the WordPress community and um, how you have interacted with them both as a um, community member and how maybe they've also contributed to what you've learned? Well, definitely. Um, you know, around 2011 is when I first uh, started building on WordPress. It was, you know, I was looking at Drupal and, and uh, I think Expression Engine, but WordPress was the one that seemed to be most uh, easy for me. And, and developing on WordPress was something that I was like drawn to, like building custom themes. That's something that I was drawn to since day one. Um, so, and then the WordPress community, There's there's been a couple of different ways that I've, interacted with that. Uh, the Sacramento uh, WordPress meetup definitely was where I first started interacting with it locally. Um, and Twitter has been amazing. I've been able to meet many awesome people, yourself included. Uh, you know, and I have friends all over the place um, and just through the internet and stuff like that. Uh, in the WordPress community, interacting with, with people, reaching out to them, you know, through blog commenting on their blog, you know, uh, different things like that. So, um, yeah, and that's definitely been a a long game too, because I I think when I, when anybody first comes in the community, nobody knows who you are, you know, it's just, uh, being there and still showing up and, and trying to provide value for other people instead of trying to see what you can squeeze out of the community, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's a great thing to participate in a community where it doesn't matter if nobody knows who you are, you're welcomed. No matter, I mean, it's, you meet people who are known and not known, if that's the term, but it doesn't really matter. You're treated, I think, just as well. So it's, it's I think, most people that we've spoken to have mentioned in one way or another how, especially at WordCamps, they, their lives were turned around by the welcome that they received there. So I definitely can identify with that. Um, starting out in your business and I know you see yourself employed are there any tips that you would share with people who run their own business any things that are super valuable tools or tricks that you find to be um, really helpful to you as you run your own business 
Yeah, it's it's uh, um, like when I first started, I thought it would be like just a slam dunk to you know find business, but it wasn't, uh, or at least the business that can sustain your business. Um, and definitely, I, I would say challenge yourself if you're a web developer or a freelancer or small agency. Always be challenging yourself to uh, raise your rates and know what it takes to be profitable. One thing that I've started doing recently is, um, I don't know if you've read the book Profit First, but um, I opened up a, another bank account uh, on top of my business account. And basically, I just... I take 5% of whatever comes in the door and just throw it in there like right off the top. Um, it's it's really important to not base your rate off what you would have earned as an employee as an hourly rate. But as a business, it takes a lot more because there's taxes. You're not going to have you know work coming in the door like every single day. And uh, you have to pay yourself on top of the profit of the business. So what it takes to be sustainable is a lot more than what you think it is. That's really valuable advice for a business owner. I think as you take your money and, and spend it when it comes in, you're, you're not going to last very long. And having a, a budget and a plan is something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't start out doing. Along those lines of giving advice, and I really appreciate that. I think it's important to share that. What advice have you received? What single piece of advice might you say you've received that has been the most valuable to you as you've moved through your career or your personal life too, I guess? Yeah, the two things I would say is just don't um, A lot of people quit before they achieve their goal. And I think thing is achievable if you have the persistence and you have just the vision of of not quitting until you attain what you're after and the the other thing i would say is get out from behind your computer don't expect to get all your business online because people have to know you like you and trust you before they do business with you and that's going to take some face-to-face interactions so get out in your local community go and be in a room where you're not uh, in a room full of developers and designers, go and be in a room where you're the only designer and developer, and you're gonna you're gonna get that business a lot quicker. That's a great line that you know we we hear so much about in the tech community. Oh, we can work wherever we want. We can do our job wherever we are. And you're absolutely right uh, from a technical standpoint. But if we're not in front of somebody, if we're not sharing a coffee or grabbing a beer or having a conversation with people. There's not going to be that trust. There's not going to be that he's a good person. I would want to work with him. She's really intelligent. I want to work with her. It's just you know, just an email address. So that's a that's a super fantastic point, especially for a community that perhaps uh, prefers to communicate online rather than in person. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and also that communicates only with like, like with like. So I think your point also about getting out and meeting people, being the only developer or designer in the room is something that's outside of the comfort zone of many of us. We like to hang out with people who we have a lot in common with, and uh, sometimes it helps to get out and, and learn from other people and broaden your horizons a bit. So that is great advice. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. John, you um, have talked about 
transitioning away from the development and build side of things. It's still part of your business, particularly as it relates to, to, to SEO. How have you managed to deal with clients who maybe you are having an ongoing relationship with in the sense of technical support or you know, their business is evolving and so they want a new section of their website, they want a new template, they want a, a new expanded aspect of it. Are you still engaging with that? Are you quietly telling them to go away? Or how does that work for you? How do you manage the relationship of that? Uh, that's an excellent question. I do have ongoing people that I'm retainers with. I still do development for them. Um, and, you know, essentially, you know, I'll let them know, like, you know, this is something else that I'm doing. Do you know anyone that, you know, could benefit from that as well? But I still provide service to them. I, I haven't told them to go away. Now I have I do have clients that I've I've priced out where it's as my rate uh, changes ha, or has changed, they're just like, you know, I can't, you know, keep keep doing that, you know, or so I'll recommend somebody else that's more within their budget and that's fine. But um, you know, as as far as like legacy clients, they're great. You know, I still have them. I still service them. So thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate all that you've said today about sharing your experience. I love talking about SEO, hearing about how you balance everything and are working through your transition with your clients. So thanks for all of the tidbits that you've shared with us and business advice too. Um, Where can people find you, John, if they're looking for you online or elsewhere? Uh, Definitely. You can find me at my website, which is Lock Design. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Lockdown underscore. That's L O C K E down uh, underscore. Uh, my Facebook page, my LinkedIn is all Lockdown Design. So great. Thank you so much. John, thanks for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you guys for having me. I really uh, appreciate what you're doing with all hallway chats. I think it's a great thing. Thanks for having, thanks for being here with us. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.